Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Friday, June 24th, 2016. Broadcasting from the Beantown Athletics Studio in Boston, Beantown Athletics, your only source for customized screen printing and embroidery, BeantownAthletics.com. Today's show is presented by SeatGeek. SeatGeek has made it easier than ever before to buy and sell sports and concert tickets. Now, what's great about SeatGeek is the price you see is the price you get. Most sites are going to try to surprise you at checkout with these outrageous fees, but not SeatGeek. So make sure you download the free SeatGeek app right now and get a $20 rebate on tickets by using my own personal promo code, which is my last name, Picard. So it's simple. You download the app, you go to the promo code if you find an event that you want to go to, and you type in my last name, Picard, to get $20 off. Now, the Red Sox just wrapped up a 10-game homestand yesterday with a huge win in walk-off fashion. Xander Bogots with a big hit in the 10th to give the Red Sox a win and snap a three-game losing skid. The Red Sox are in Texas, and look, if you listen to the show and you're a Red Sox fan, and I'm just assuming that a lot of people that listen to me are from the city of Boston, are from New England, and are Red Sox fans, what I know is we travel well here in Boston. Like, we follow our teams on the road. And if you're going to Texas and you're looking to get the best deal possible on tickets, then all you need to do is go to SeatGeek and go to the SeatGeek app right now and, again, use my promo code. When the Red Sox return, or even if you don't want to go to a sporting event, let's say you want to go to a concert this summer, and not just in Boston. You just go to the SeatGeek app and you search by venue, search by city, And you can still use my promo code for that. You set an alert and SeatGeek will let you know when ticket prices fall to any event so you can get, like I said, the best deal possible. Even better, every ticket is given a grade and you can use their detailed map to see the exact view from your seat. So if you are in Texas and you are going to the game, let's say tonight, David Price on the mound for the Red Sox, and you've never been to the Rangers ballpark before, Well, you can use the SeatGeek app to see exactly what the view will be from your seat. And again, the promo code is my last name, Picard, $20 off. SeatGeek, always the first place I go to look for tickets to a game or a concert. It should be the first place you go as well. SeatGeek. So as I begin today's show and as I sort of wrap up the week, I just want to let you know I'll close out today's show and close out the week as I do every Friday with a segment we call Picks Picks. I give you five games with the spread. Now, during the NBA playoffs and the Stanley Cup playoffs, I didn't always give you five games, especially towards the end of the playoffs. Like, sometimes it was four, sometimes it was two. In the case of, what, last weekend with the NBA Finals, I think I only gave you one for game seven on that Sunday, and I got it right with Cleveland. So I've been on a pretty good streak right now helping you win some money As I mentioned all the time, you're an adult. You can make your own decisions. I'm just giving you some advice. So to close out the show today, I am back to five picks, and I'll give you some baseball picks. I got five Major League Baseball games that are on the schedule tonight on this Friday evening. So those will be my picks for the weekend. I'll close out the show with Major League Baseball picks. But I'm going to begin. With the biggest story of the day, not just here in Boston, but also around the sports world, and that is the NBA draft, all right? NBA draft was last night, and let's begin with the obvious. I think everybody, this is what we expected, this is what we heard, 
Ben Simmons goes number one overall to Philly. Brandon Ingram goes number two overall to the Lakers. No surprises with either of those two picks. But then you get the Celtics at number three. And I've been ranting and raving to you what I wanted to do, what I wanted the Celtics to do with this number three overall pick. It was package it with either a couple of, you know, the other two Brooklyn picks in the future, one of them, both of them, doesn't matter to me, Uh, maybe even a player or two, come up with some type of monster package, go to a team, make someone available, and not just someone, not just anyone, not just any player, but an all-star player, a proven player, the sure thing type of player that would then help you go out and bring in another big-name free agent, and that big name that we all talk about is Kevin Durant. Before we get ahead of ourselves with Durant, though, you wanted the Celtics, or at least I wanted the Celtics, and I actually get the sense that most people in this town wanted the Celtics to trade the number three pick. Because after Simmons and after Ingram, let's face it, this draft is sort of a crapshoot, much like I think most drafts are, right? We don't know if Jalen Brown is the short thing. And that's actually who the Celtics ended up taking. Now, I was on WEEI last night live here. I was live during the second round, end of the first round, into the second round. I was on 10 to midnight, and I reacted to a lot of the things that were going on. And so you can get that. If you listened to me last night, you already know my reaction to the Jalen Brown, uh, to the fact that the Celtics made all three of their first round picks. Uh, I'll remind you. I'll, I'll, here's what I'll do. I'll open today's show here, just sort of quickly reminding you how I feel about that. And... Uh, I guess getting into more of a big picture thing with what happened with the draft. But first and foremost, the national storylines, you know, Simmons won, Ingram two, no surprise. The Celtics at number three, they make the pick. They take Jalen Brown. The Suns at number four, they take Dragon Bender. The, The Minnesota Timberwolves at number five take Chris Dunn. There were reports that the Bulls were talking to Minnesota after that for a potential Jimmy Butler deal. Buddy Heald went six to New Orleans. I think that's a what a big pick for New Orleans. Um, Murray goes seventh to Denver. You got that number eight overall pick with Sacramento, which brings me sort of into, I guess, the big picture thing because Sacramento takes Marquise Chris from Washington, the forward from Washington at eight overall. And immediately on the broadcast, they tell you that Sacramento takes this pick and they trade Chris to Phoenix. But the details of the trade are not exactly known just yet. That's what they said as they made the pick. And all I could think of was that combined with this, I guess, is it even an idea or is it truth that DeMarcus Cousins was upset with what Sacramento was doing? He was tweeting out something like, "Give me, Lord, give me the strength, he tweeted out. DeMarcus Cousins didn't seem happy. He doesn't seem happy in Sacramento. I see all this stuff, and I'm thinking, Sacramento's going to make a trade? There's got to be a third team involved. And if there's a third team involved, it could be the Celtics. Jalen Brown could be going to Sacramento. The Celtics could have taken Jalen Brown for the purposes of, you know, maybe Sacramento said, well, we're picking eighth. You're picking three. We need to get this trade approved, so why don't you take Jalen Brown? Because that's who we want. We don't know if he'll be here by eight. He could be, but we don't want to risk it. And we also want maybe one of your future Brooklyn picks, or maybe both of them. We also want one of your roster players, and we're going to give up DeMarcus Cousins to get all this, right? To get Jalen Brown, a roster player, and two Brooklyn picks for the next two years that could be number one overall. I mean, I just would think that that would be a great deal for Sacramento. 
And all I could think of as Sacramento is about to trade the number eight overall pick, or at least it's reported that they do, they make the pick in Chris, but they're sending him to Phoenix. I'm thinking, all right, Chris must be going to Phoenix. Phoenix must be sending Sacramento something. And in return, maybe the Celtics are going to help Phoenix out a little bit, help Sacramento out a little bit, and get DeMarcus Cousins. That's just what I thought was going to go down. That's not what went down. But at least when I tell you that, you know what my mindset was. You know where my head was at last night. That's where my head was at. And the fact that the Celtics didn't make a move like that, and they didn't make any major trades, I was disappointed. I had a caller last night calling and say the word would be underwhelming. I think, that's a, I think that's a correct way to phrase it. But I think if you want to look at it and say disappointment, much like we, that's the word we used last year at the draft, disappointment. And I was on WEI the same exact time slot on that Thursday night of the NBA draft last year. And I can remember feeling the same way, thinking, all right, the Celtics are going to move up to trade for Okafor. The Lakers passed on Okafor. Celtics are going to move up. All right, they have all night to work out a trade with the 76ers. All right, the Celtics took Rozier. Then they took RJ Hunter. They don't need any more guards. Why would they do that? There must be a trade. They must be getting Okafor. Now I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, and then nothing happens, and they make the picks. I was disappointed. And then last night, they take Jalen Brown three overall. They have the number 16 overall pick. They take big man out of France, Gershon Yabusele. I know nothing about this guy, about this kid, about this guy. Nothing. No, absolutely nothing. And then, 23 overall, they take Ante Zuzic from Croatia, center from Croatia. I know nothing about this guy either. And the, the trade the Celtics did make, it's not overwhelming. It's 31 overall and 35 overall to Memphis. In return, the Celtics get the Clippers... 2019 protected first-round pick that Memphis owned. It's not a crazy trade. I don't even know that I want to sit there and spend much time on it. The Celtics then make their picks 45, 51, and 58. So they make, what, six picks? They actually made all eight picks. They just sent 31 and 35 to Memphis. So we won't even look at those. But 45, 51, 58. uh, Look, I guess Demetrius Jackson, Notre Dame, does that really... Get you worked up. There's Ben Bentel. I know maybe some local people get some worked up because he's a pro- play to Providence. Doesn't get me worked up. Celtics ended up taking six. They'll keep six kids that they took last night. Six picks. To me, that's too many. But to me, the one I really can't get over is the number three overall pick. And and it's I'm being very careful, and I was careful last night, I thought, to not knock Jalen Brown. 19 years old. We know the knock on him. He can't shoot. We know the praise that's been given to him. He's an athletic kid. He's known for his athleticism. He's a small ball forward. And he's a very bright kid at 19 years old. And, and that's fine. You have an intelligent, athletic kid who has a whole lot of promise and a whole lot of upside. That, that's fine. But at number three overall, if you, if you told me they were going to make the pick, I would have probably taken someone who could shoot. Like, I would have taken Buddy Heald because he can shoot. Now, can you fix a problem with a kid who can't shoot? Of course you can. Just ask the 76ers who are going to have to figure out how Ben Simmons is going to learn how to shoot because he can't shoot, and they just took him number one overall, and they're expecting him to be this dominant franchise elite all-star superstar player. 
But it, but it can be done. We've seen that. So how much do you really want to get worked up about it? The bottom line is this. After Simmons and after Ingram, you know, I don't have any guarantees that, that, that any of these kids that were taken in the first round are going to be a short thing. I don't. My priority, though, was to trade the potential for the short thing. And the Celtics didn't do that. And my question last night on WEI was, why didn't they do that? Now, Wick Grosbeck comes out. He gets booed last night at the Garden, by the way. He comes out and, and says, well, no, nothing was close. You know, we couldn't, we didn't make any deals because nothing was close. And, you know, teams are just, you know, we're not even close. They're just asking for too much. And my question is, well, what's too much? Because I need details. Like, because what, what might be too much for Wick Grosbeck might not be too much for me. And Danny Ainge comes out afterwards, after the draft, and, and he talks, and he says that, you know, there were deals that they backed away from, and there were deals that the other teams backed away from. But again, I don't know why anyone was backing away from anything because I don't have details as to what the Celtics were willing to give up. I don't know. Maybe we'll hear those details come out the next couple of days. I mean, I just, from my standpoint, where I see the Celtics team going and the strides they've taken... I actually would be open to giving up an awful lot to get a proven star player. And again, you get into this idea that Jimmy Butler was still available even after the Bulls traded Derrick Rose two days ago because the Bulls were having discussions with the Timberwolves last night when the Timberwolves took Chris Dunn five overall. And I I guess that I'm disappointed because the Celtics didn't make that big move and they made all these picks. Now, when you get into the picks, Jalen Brown. I mean, how much can we actually talk about him? We just—it's we're gonna—it's a—it's this is gonna be a wait and see, kid. Wait and see moment. Let's wait and see. Out of Cal, I didn't watch too much of him in college. You see a lot of highlights. Um, you read the scouting report. He has no agent. For everybody that's telling me he's an intelligent kid, I don't know that that's an intelligent move. I get, oh, he's a smart kid. He can handle his own business. But to me, the smart kid doesn't want to handle his own business when it comes to that. The smart kid hires an agent who's going to handle that for him. So I have some questions about the agent thing. But I, I, I don't know that that would scare me away. I mean, I would have taken Buddy Heald. Since they didn't and they took Jalen Brown, I don't know that I necessarily, while I disagree with the pick, I don't know that I necessarily want to use this time that I have on this microphone to bash Jalen Brown because I just don't know enough about him to be able to do that. So what I bash is the process. I bash the Celtics for the process of actually making these picks. Okay? Because I do think there was a deal to be made somewhere out there for something, for someone. Because as we get into free agency now, and there's no question, there's still time for the Celtics to do some stuff. I told you last night on WEI, I wasn't going to drive home from the studio, from the station last night, come in here to Beantown Athletics today and tell you that I threw away all my Celtics stuff because I'm giving up on the team. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Because you still have a free agent period. And you still have time to make trades. I just see that number three overall pick had some value in a trade package that now is really no longer up for grabs. And you could say, well, they could still trade Jalen Brown. And I, I guess what I'd tell you is, you're right. But if they were going to take a player that another team wanted for the purpose of trading him, they would have done it last night while they were still in the first round. 
they they wouldn't have they wouldn't do it today. I don't think that that wouldn't be a normal occurrence. So it looks the fact that they still have Jalen Brown. It looks like they're going to keep this kid, and they're dead set on keeping this kid. Um, and so we're just going to have to wait and see what he is. I don't know, but I wanted the big trade. I did. I wanted the big trade, and the fact that they didn't make it is disappointing to me. It's disappointing. I, th- I honestly thought that Sacramento at number eight trading to Phoenix. I'm like, Celtics are involved in this and Cousins is coming. I was, I was, I'm telling you, I, I was so locked in on that. I honestly thought that w- w- that's what we were going to be talking about. And it never happened. Cousins is frustrated. We'll see how that one works out. You Maybe you still could trade for Cousins. You know what I mean? So that's why I'm not completely giving up. On, on whatever strategy took place last night, but there is disappointment. And if you're disappointed too, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I, I think the disappointment comes with the knowledge of this Celtics team taking the right steps. So while there's disappointment, there's also the acknowledgement that this team is, is, is going in the right direction. It's just you don't want to get to a point where you're going in the right direction and then you stay at a certain level for a certain amount of time. Like, you want to keep going up. You don't want to stay at a, at a once, you know, a, a, a team that's going to be in the first round of the playoffs, second round of the playoffs, and that's it. That's as far as you go. Like, you want to make sure you make the improvements in the offseason to get better than that. And I just thought the Celtics were in position to be able to do it, and the fact that they didn't do it is, is, is concerning to me. And I guess, again, the word is disappointing. That's what it is. Disappointing. But there's still time. There's still an offseason. And, uh, you know, we're just going to, now we're just going to have to wait and see. I just, if I had Danny Ainge on this show right now and I could just shoot the shit with him, I think I would legit just ask him and, and, and want him to be honest with me and say, listen, forget about what you did or didn't do last night. But as we get into free agency now, and you're going to have to try to rely on that because you're telling us that you have these two max contracts and all this money to spend, I want you to be honest with me. Do you feel like, do you, feel like you can acquire a big-name free agent? Like, Do you feel like you can get someone to want to come to the Celtics if you don't trade for a superstar player first? Like, Do you feel like you have a team that you know, is is something that other big-name free agents look at and say, I want to be there? Because we know how the NBA works. Big-name players, they want to play with other superstars. You know, the Celtics right now have Isaiah Thomas, and uh, Isaiah Thomas likes to tweet out that they're gonna, that he's going to recruit and, 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 you know, things are happening, and he's going to be trying to get the rant here. Well, uh, if the Celtics don't go out and trade for a superstar player, is is the Durant thing out of the question? I mean, I would assume so. But then again, you heard the reports that Al Horford is on a short list of players that Durant will want to play with. I, I, Me personally, I don't know why that would be the case. But if it is, I'd give Al Horford whatever the fuck he wants right now. Whatever he wants. And, you know, because of that, that idea and that report that's out there, I guess it gives you a little bit of hope that, you know, this isn't a, an offseason that's completely lost. It's a complete failure. You, you, there's plenty of time to make some moves. The question is now that you don't, you know, you made the number three overall pick and you don't have that thing to dangle because the Celtics, they had the whole draft ho- held hostage 
Everybody knew Simmons was going one. Everybody knew Ingram was going two. Celtics are sitting pretty at number three going, you don't know who we're taking. We could take anybody. Who wants this pick? And what are you going to give me to get it? And, and that's where the confusion comes in to me. That's where the unknown comes in. And that's where I have to stop and say, well, what is it? Did teams not want what the Celtics have to offer? Or did teams want the number three pick? Did they want a package? And did they, were they willing to send the Celtics an all-star player? But were the Celtics not willing to give up a certain something to get it? That's what I don't know. I really don't. Um, so that's where this gets confusing. If you're asking me where the Celtics turn now, they turn to free agency. But if there's still, I mean, look, Danny Ainge is going to be on the phone. He'd be foolish not to still be on the phone the next month or so, still trying to work up a trade, still trying to maybe even see DeMarcus Cousins frustrated, and maybe he can still get him out of Sacramento. Maybe he can. You still got the two Brooklyn picks the next two years. Uh, It's possible. So we're just going to have to wait and see. We're just going to have to wait and see. But that's what we got with the NBA draft last night. The Celtics, they made the three first-round picks. And what I always find humorous with it is the analysis. You know, Jalen Brown, all right, he was at least supposed to go top 10. Uh, The other two that the Celtics took in the first round, Gershon Yapusele. Forward out of France, uh, undersized, right? Six foot eight, but he's a big boy, 240 with the weight. And then at number 23 overall, the center from Croatia, Ante Zuzic. I think I'm pronouncing that right. What I love about picks like that, like European players, they show the videos of them in these European leagues, and the analysts are like, oh, look at these, the European league, he's playing in such a good league. And I think they don't know that we can watch the video while they're saying that of. Of the, def- of the people trying to defend these players that look like cones, right? I mean, it's just, it's terrible defense. Like, I think they forget that we can see the, the video that, of the league that they're talking about. But what was the most humorous part of last night, and it provided me some sense of relief because it just got me, you know, it made me laugh, was Fran Fraschilla. And we played this for you on WEI. This was literally my, my live reaction to the Celtics drafting at number 23 overall, Ante Zuzic, center from Croatia. This is the analysis that they gave of this kid. Now, keep in mind, this is a first-round pick. This is a Celtics team that we're going into last night looking for a big splash, a huge move. And yet, when they make another first-round pick and don't make a trade, this is some of the first, I guess, analysis that that these guys give of this player from Croatia. I'm going to play it for you. It's on WEI's website. I'll play it for you right here in case you haven't heard it. Um, go to WEI.com to hear the whole thing. But here's last night audio of my reaction to the Celtics making this pick, but not the pick, the analysis of the pick in the first round from Fran Fraschilla and the ESPN crew during the NBA draft last night. <laughs> Here's the pick from Adam Silva for the Celtics. 23rd pick in the 2016 NBA draft. The Boston Celtics select Ante Zuzic from Split, Croatia. He last played for Sibona Zagreb in Croatia. (laughs) 
Now, I would I would hasten to warn that lad that that was a similar reaction that Christoph Porzingis got last year, year in this ago. very building. Ante Zizic from Croatia, a center. So, Fran, Celtics going international again here after getting Yabusele earlier. Tell us a little bit about Zizic. Absolutely, Reese. I would caution those Celtic fans as well. One of my favorite kids in this draft. 6'11", 240. Oh, there's the video. Street. They're showing the video. Really oh, give me the, the Croatian team. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's dunking. Oh, he dunked. Oh, he can dunk. We know that. Great toughness. Oh, yeah. So tough. In fact, here's a story. When he was under 10 years old, he had a business renting beach chairs on the split beaches in Croatia. That's the kind of work ethic this kid has. His older brother's been a really good European player. This <laughs> kid comes Cut from this great... guy off. What is he? What is he talking about? What? Wait a minute. Hold on. Can we? Can you cut that up and play that part again? Hold on a minute. This, who's this? Fran Fischilla? Fischilla? What is this guy talking about? Does he not know what we're doing right now back here in Boston? I don't care that this guy used to sell beach chairs in Croatia. That's the first thing you say about him? Wait a minute. What are we doing tonight? What, what are we doing here? Danny Ainge, the, you just picked a kid who sells beach chairs in Croatia? What, in the first round? That's like the first thing they said about him. Like, that's not even, like, they didn't do that after the fact, like, show the highlights, go around the room, and then they say, oh, by the way, you know, work ethic, he used to sell beach chairs when he was 10 years old in Croatia. That's a pretty cool story, right? Just goes to show, it was the first thing they just said. They showed a couple dunks in the Croatian League on YouTube, and then they said this. I'll tell you something, great toughness and work ethic. In fact, here's a story. When he was under 10 years old, he had a business renting beach chairs what? on the split beaches in Croatia. That's the kind of work ethic this kid has. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're, you're absolute. That's a joke, right? Like that, that was, that's like Saturday Night Live at the NBA draft. The Celtics at number 23 overall, their third first round pick of the night. Is this real life? That's he had a business renting beach chairs. <laughs> what? This is the pick. Uh, am I saying it right? I need to get my pronunciations going. I don't even, here's what I'm doing when these players are being picked now. By the way, these first rounders are being picked. I, I don't even type how they're spelled. I type how they're pronounced. Ante Gijic from Croatia? A center who sells beach chairs? Uh, can, what are we doing? So the Celtics make all their first-round picks. You can't make it up. You can't make up what Fran Fraschilla was just talking about on ESPN. That's the first thing they said about the kid. <laughs> they didn't say, you know what? He, uh, he's good on the post. He's a center. He's a big. He can swat the ball on the seats. And uh, no. They talked about how he sold beach chairs in Croatia. That's not what we want to hear back here in Boston. Tell you something. Great toughness and work ethic. In fact, here's a story. When he was under 10 years old, he had a business renting beach chairs on the split beaches in Croatia. That's what? the kind of work ethic this kid has. <laughs> and like, what? He 
is that? Like, he must have notes, right? He had a business <laughs> renting beach chairs. That's it? That's what you're telling us this kid is doing? And he tweets. I think I saw a tweet from him saying, see, in Boston. We got enough beach chairs in Boston, Ante Zuzic. Okay? I, what? Like, what are we doing? Fran Frasilla, that's like one of the first things he said about this kid. We don't, I got news for them on ESPN. We don't want to hear that. As we sit here seeing the Celtics make all their picks, though they just traded two second rounders to Memphis for a Clippers first rounder in 2019. Big whoop. But, I mean, when you talk about first rounders and they're going to make them and not, not make the big blockbuster trade that we wanted to see them make, the first bit of insight they give us on this kid is that he, he has work. See, I was expecting, like, oh, he has work ethic. You should, here's a story for you. Fourth quarter of the championship game, he had the flu, and he blocked three straight shots on three straight possessions to help his Croatian team win the championship. That's toughness. He had a temperature of 104. The kid was, you know, he had every illness known to man, and he went out in that court, and he helped his team win a title. No, instead, this is what he says about him. He had a business renting beach chairs on the split beaches in Croatia. <laughs> why, why are you telling us that? That like, bet is funky, well, by the way. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I don't even know. Like, why is that tough? Can so- Someone needs to explain that to me. Like, th- if you really want to break down, let's break down Ante Zuzic right now. Let's do it. Oh, his tough kids is, oh, he's a tough kid. His toughness. In fact, I got a story for you. <laughs> he, when he was 10 years old, he said 10 years old, right? When he was 10, he used to sell beach chairs. He had a business <laughs> renting beach chairs. What does that have to do with toughness and work ethic? All right, work ethic. Oh, he was 10. He had a, he had a business. What, honestly, have, have you ever had a lemonade stand? Are you walking by every lemonade stand going, this, this kid right here? This is work ethic, all right? Wait, hey, if you get into the draft and you dominate some European league, I'm going to remember this. This lemonade you just poured me, even though I know you didn't make the lemonade, your mother probably did, okay? So she probably is the one really with the work ethic that we should be talking about here, not you. But I'm not going to sit here and yell at a a five-year-old kid selling lemonade in the street right now. It's just not what I'm here to do. That's the kind of work ethic this kid has. (laughs) But <laughs> if you make it to the European leagues and, and you can block some shots, I'm going to remember this right here. This work ethic. You selling this lemonade at this lemonade stand as a 10-year-old. Like, I don't, I don't, like when he tells a story, I don't know how that, it's, like that's supposed to impress us. Fran Fischilla, what does he get? A minute and a half. They probably give him a minute and a half, maybe two minutes, and they get in his earpiece. They're like, hey, Franny. All right, let's go. Franny, let's go. Wrap it up, Franny. Franny, you're telling the beach chair story. We told you not to go with the beach chair story right away. It's stupid, Franny. And Frischilla's just giving the beach chair story. Couldn't wait. You know, he couldn't wait to get that out. But yet, as he gives it out, that doesn't impress me. Am I, am, am I, is that wrong? Like, the beach chair selling the beach chairs doesn't impress me one bit. And, and when he gives you something, it's supposed to impress you. It doesn't impress me. That might be the craziest part of the whole thing. (laughs) All right, so, so, I mean, there's a little rant for you there, too. 
I just figured I'd, I'd play it for you because we had fun with that last night. It was one of the only things that uh, we could smile about because when, again, we've been talking about the Brooklyn pick, the number three overall pick. We were talking about that for so long that when they, when they don't trade it, we talked about how much value it, it had. You know, I, I, I'm glad they didn't fall back in the draft on lottery night. They stayed where the percentages showed they would at number three with the Brooklyn pick. But we talked about it for so long, and we pumped it up for so long, and the closer you got to draft night, and the more rumors you heard, Okafer, uh, Jimmy Butler, um, I threw some other names out there. I mean, the more rumors you heard, the more you thought they're going to trade this pick. And then when they don't, and they take a kid that you didn't really expect to go that high, expected him, Jalen Brown projected top 10. But, I mean, most of the mock drafts I saw, he had him going like 7th or 8th. Not three overall. Um, and again, no knock on Jalen Brown because I do think that, you know, there's potential here for him to be a very good player in this league. No question. He's got the athleticism. Uh, I, I, I think he could be. I, I, have, I haven't seen enough of him, put it this way, to sit here and crush him. I just, I can't do it. I don't have the heart to do it because it, it, it I, I just, they, there's a re- I trust the fact that they're not going to take some complete stiff at number three overall if they're going to make this pick, right? And and from everything we've seen, he's not a complete stiff. But there's certainly questions with his game to the point where you look at him and say, it's a work in progress. Now, you just get worked up because they don't trade it. That's where I'm worked up. And I wanted to see a blockbuster move. And I wanted to see it with the intention of using that blockbuster move to get that superstar player to maybe convince a big-name free agent to sign with the Celtics so that's how you get your two max contracts, right? That's how you get them. Well, now you're going to have to rely on free agency, or as I said, there's still time to make a trade. I just think that the number three overall pick added a little bit more value to any potential deal that was going to go down for that that proven all-star player. And it didn't happen. So that's where we stand with the NBA draft Last night, uh, there was actually a, a, a pretty big trade. The Thunder trade Serge Ibaka to Orlando. Uh, Victor Oladipo and two other players going to Oklahoma City. And some people are, are trying to figure out what this means for Kevin Durant. And I guess, uh, here's where I stand on that. I think if you're the Thunder, you're obviously trying to keep Kevin Durant around. And if you're trying to keep Kevin Durant around... You're not going to make a blockbuster trade that Kevin Durant does not sign off on. And you're not going to make a move that you think is going to upset Kevin Durant and make him not want to come back. So the fact that they trade Serge Ibaka, I don't even care what they got back. The bottom line is this. The fact that they trade Ibaka tells me all I need to know about the relationship between Durant and Ibaka. That's Because the Thunder would be stupid. Stupid to make a move right now that would upset Durant. They're obviously trying to please him. So if they're trading Ibaka, that tells me that's a move that pleases Durant, which tells me that Durant didn't want to play with Ibaka anymore. Now, is that a sign that Durant automatically re-signs in Oklahoma City? No, I don't think so. But I think Oklahoma City would be nuts to not do things right now to do everything they could to help themselves out. So, uh, the question that people are asking, well, I mean, how does this affect? I think it probably helps because I think they probably made the move knowing that Durant, this would make Durant happy. 
a happy camper. Now, if it turns out they don't get Durant, well, then, you know what? They, they, they might have to sit there and go, we tried. I think they could sleep well at night knowing they tried. You know, if they, they keep Ibaka around, and that's someone Durant doesn't want to play with, and he leaves, you know, because of that, well, then you'd be killing yourself every single night. You wouldn't be able to live with that. At least, you know, you made the moves and, and, and the proper steps to do your best and give your team the best chance to, to bring Kevin Durant back to your team. So, I, I just think it's obvious. You don't just get rid of Ibaka if, you know, you just, you just don't make that move. Knowing what's at stake here with Kevin Durant. I think you know that something like, at least it tells me that that type of move would make Durant happy. So we'll see. Uh, But that was a trade that was certainly made. And if any other moves are made in the NBA, who knows? Could happen. Keep an eye out for it. And I'll react to it. But that is the NBA draft in a nutshell. The word I would use for the Celtics right now, disappointment. Disappointment because I'm ready for the Celtics to take that next step right now. And Jalen Brown might be a very good player in this league in a couple of years. But right now, right now, I don't, I don't think he, he has, he's not the type of player to put them over the top right now. I, look, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he steps in at 19 next year and is an absolute stud. But I, I just, it's potential. I, I would have traded potential for the short thing any day of the week. Why they didn't do it, that's the biggest question. I don't think we know. I don't think we know. I don't think we know why. They could tell us all they want. Nothing was close. They didn't want to do this, didn't want to do that. But why didn't you? Well, they, when, if, when you say they were asking for too much, what is too much? Because what's too much to them might not be too much for me. So that's the NBA draft. The NHL draft is tonight, and we got our eye on the Bruins. What are they going to do? I think they, look, they have to try and trade. They have to, not just try, but pull the trigger on a deal that lands them a top four defenseman. They have to. I just don't know if Don Sweeney and the boys, I, I don't know that they, ha- they have it in them to make that move. Like, they might try. Don Sweeney's a smart dude. We know that. He knows about defense. We know that. But... Is he a good enough GM here in the early stages of his general manager career working with Cam Neely? Are those two good enough to, to come together and negotiate and, and, and be able to convince another team to make that type of trade? Like, it's not as easy as just turning on a video game, plugging in a couple players that you want, giving up a lot in return, hitting OK, and the computer automatically says it's the trade is successful. Like, you got to have the skills as a negotiator, as a general manager, to talk other GMs and other teams into accepting what you're giving them. And at least, I don't know, when it comes to acquiring players, not, not draft picks, players, I don't know that the Bruins, at least Don Sweeney here in his early stages of being a GM and the top dog in that role, I don't know that he has what it takes to be able to make that happen. We'll see. It's a big night for him tonight. NHL draft, whatever happens, I will react to it on Monday's podcast and even on WEI tomorrow. A little programming note. I'm on WEI 93.7 FM tomorrow, Saturday, 3 to 6 o'clock. So a three-hour show. I'll be there taking your phone calls. I'll think Celtics, all things Bruins. If you got Red Sox calls, I'll take them too because the Red Sox yesterday with a walk-off win over the Chicago White Sox at Fenway, it was a four-game series You know, Glass 
half empty, obviously, the Red Sox lose three of four. Glass half full, uh, they ended the series in a very positive fashion with a walk-off win. Xander Bogart, single in the 10th, walked it off. Craig Kimbrell got his first one of the season through two scoreless innings in the tie game in the ninth and the 10th. There were many questions in this one about decision-making with the Red Sox at the plate. And, and the biggest one was bunting. Like, Jackie Bradley Jr. had a situation um, late in the game in which he tried to bunt on his own. At least, it looked like he tried to bunt on his own. And then later in, you know, in the game, he didn't bunt his next at-bat when it looked like baseball 101, he probably should have. Here's the deal. For people that have worked up about the Red Sox trying to bunt or should be bunted at all, here's my question for you. Have you ever seen this Red Sox team try to bunt? You should never want them to bunt. There isn't one player on that Red Sox team that could draw that could lay down a bunt, a successful bunt, if their life depended on it. Like, I don't ever want to see them bunting. I don't even care if it's in situations in which they should be bunting. Baseball 101, with this Red Sox team, with this group of players that couldn't bunt for their lives, baseball 101's out the window. And especially with a kid like Jackie Bradley Jr., who's been swinging a big stick this season, even in big spots. Like, I want him swinging the bat. I get the idea of moving runners over. No, I just, I don't ever want to see him bunt. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't want to see it. Swing the bat. Swing the fucking bat. Please. People get so worked up about it yesterday, getting worked up about that situation. Eh, yesterday was an NBA day for me. Yesterday was a Celtics day for me. But if you want my two cents on the bunting controversy, who should be to blame? Jackie Bradley, John Farrell. Here's the deal. Don't, I, I don't, whoever's decision it was, it's a stupid decision to bunt with the, anyone on this team. No bunting. They can't do it. They've tried. They have failed miserably. Every single time. You might as well just throw it out of the playbook. Get that, the bunt, get it out of there. I don't need a bunt. Don't bunt. Unless you're in a National League ballpark and you're a pitcher in a game right this year. That's the only time I want to even see it considered with this group of Red Sox players. Now, could you go out the de- at the deadline, bring in a utility player who, who you look at and say, wow, this guy's a very good bunter, and you get him in a spot? All right, then I'll consider it. But right now, the Red Sox? I mean, don't, don't kid yourself with Baseball 101. Why don't you try to break it down a little bit more in depth and tell me when the last time you felt confident in a Red Sox player who even looked like he was thinking about punting. I, I, can't, I can't tell you when that was. It's easy to do hindsight, like if they don't move the runners and he swings and misses or he gets, you know, he looks for strike three. It's easy to say, oh, you should have bunted and laid it down. But you know what would have happened if he did? He would have just grounded out or even struck out bunting because they can't bunt. So I don't ever want to see this Red Sox team, this specific group, I, they can't bunt. Don't bunt. I don't want to see it. All right? Don't want to see it. So the Red Sox begin a three-game series in Texas tonight against the Rangers. David Price on the mound against righty Nick Martinez. Tomorrow, Stephen Wright against Rangers righty A.J. Griffin. And then Sunday afternoon, Clay Buckholtz against Rangers lefty Martin Perez. I will react to some of that over the weekend tomorrow on WEI. 
And uh, But I, I just feel like mostly it's going to be Celtics and Bruins with their drafts. We have plenty of time to talk Red Sox. Uh, I'll close out the show with some baseball picks, picks, picks. But a couple other stories I just want to get to. One is a boxing story. Heavyweight championship, you pay attention to it. Tyson Fury, who beat Klitschko uh, for the title, he is pulling out of the July 9th title rematch. He did it on Instagram. Said he had a sprained ankle, just a sprain, and that they're going to have to fight. It's just not going to happen when it's scheduled. Uh, That is a tough way to pull out of a fight on Instagram, one. Two, it's even tougher when you then hear reports from, from people that have been seeing Tyson Fury saying that he's looked out of shape, he's been partying too hard, he, you know, he's, he never really has looked like he's in shape, so I don't know how, how much you actually want to uh, consider that. Like, he's always had some type of, like, gut, hasn't he? But they're saying he's got a gut, he's drinking too much, he's partying too hard. Maybe that's it. I don't know. It's just a tough way. Instagram? To pull out of a championship, heavyweight championship fight? Eh, if I'm Klitschko, I'm disappointed too. Hey, look, guys get injured. I understand. But um, I do think maybe there should be some type of investigation as to this injury and how severe it is. I think. You know, there's nothing torn, right? A little sprain. And I know I say little sprain, and, and it's easy for me to say when it's not my ankle and it's not my sprain, and I'm not the one getting in the ring with Klitschko. I, I know it's easy for me to, to sit here and talk about that behind a mic, sweating my balls off in the studio today. But let's be honest, this is the fight game. And fighters got to fight. Champions got to defend the belt. Champions got to fight. And if you got a, if you got a match and a fight scheduled, you know, you have to, you have to live to that moment, live by the moment, live by that date. So I think they should probably go check this ankle out. We'll see what they do. But that's disappointing news. Fury. Klitschko looks like that's going to be off for the time being. Keep an eye on it. And then uh, last bit of news. I meant to talk about this yesterday, and I didn't. I I tweeted something out about it. The NFL, you know, NFL storylines, I don't like to get into NFL too much. And, you know, I don't like even getting into Deflategate really at all. Um, But it's come to my attention that, like, like, Ben Affleck, for some reason, him and Bill Simmons, they think like they're the Deflategate saviors of the world in the summer of 16, summer of 2016. They know that Deflategate has been going on for a while, right? Like, they know that there have already been F-bomb-filled tirades defending Tom Brady, defending the Patriots, crushing Roger Goodell, calling Deflategate what it is, an investigation on the air pressure of footballs, which is just absolutely embarrassing. Like, like Ben Affleck, him and Bill Simmons are out there pounding their chest after they do this interview on this new show that they have or that Bill Simmons has on HBO. And, like, I even heard Simmons today, a clip of him on the radio today here in Boston, in which he says, oh, you guys got to thank me for defending you know, the Patriots and Brady on Deflategate with Ben Affleck on my show. And it's like, wait, are you, you're asking people to thank you for that? Like, they know that Deflategate isn't a new story, right? Like, they get that? I'm not so sure they do. 
Oh, Ben Affleck, he's making his rounds. He wants he he wants all the credit in the world. And people, I didn't even see it. Was he shit faced? People saying Ben Affleck, he was shit faced. Don't forget where you came from. It's all I'm saying. I mean, because there are people back home that have been crushing Deflategate and Roger Goodell for a long time. Yeah, I try to get those guys on this podcast. I can't do it. I can't. You know, it, it, it just, it isn't happening. I can't get a response. And that's, hey, what are you going to do? Um, but I mean, when I, it's one thing for them to go on and do this. It's another thing for them to pound their chest after and, and be like, hey, look at us defending Deflategate. Defend. Great. There have been a lot of us doing that for a long, long time. All right? You don't remember uh, El President boys got arrested got arrested for defending the Patriots, defending the wall. Long time ago. Okay? We've been fighting this fight for a long time back here in Boston. Affleck and Simmons are acting like they just started the the crushing of Roger Goodell the other night. Like it was the first time anyone's ever spoken up about the Flategate with some common sense and threw a couple F-bombs in there to do it. It's been done. And it's been done by a lot of people for a long time. So don't act like you're doing something new and super important. And I won't thank you for doing that. Because to be quite honest with you, if I do tune into a new show, the last thing that I want to hear anyone talking about is fucking Deflategate, okay? I try to distance myself from Deflategate as much as possible. Until there's a new ruling on the second circuit appeal, Brady, like, then get me back to it. Don't be bringing, don't be dragging us back into Deflategate because you feel the need, you have a new show and you feel the need to pound your chest and let the world know that you're going to defend the Patriots. Like, don't be dragging us back into Deflategate. Please. Because back here in Boston, we've been defending the wall for a long time. Right now, it's at a little bit of a pause because we're waiting to see what's going on. But... Don't drag us back in when there's no news on it. That's pretty embarrassing, if you ask me. But they're trying to do it. They're trying to do it. And I won't thank them for doing it. Because I won't thank anybody that even says the word deflategate in 2016. It's a word I don't ever want to hear again. Unfortunately, we have to hear it again. But let's wait until we have to hear it again. Let's not just bring it up because we want to. We shouldn't want to. We should want to move on. I get you can't move on until Tom Brady is not suspended anymore, but they're working on that. And there's no news about it right now, so let me enjoy the summer. Let me enjoy the 80-degree weather here in Boston, and let me try to enjoy what, what we have currently with all the news that's going on with the Celtics, the Bruins, the Red Sox, I understand the Red Sox have pitching issues. I understand the Celtics did not trade the number three overall pick, and it's somewhat disappointing last night. I understand the Bruins are trying to get a top four defenseman and improve their defense, and we don't know if they can do that before tonight's draft. I understand it's it's some trying times here in Boston, but all of those three things that I just mentioned – I'd much rather talk about those things than deflacate any day of the week. And I will continue to do so on this show. Here five days a week, dannypicard.com. And as I close out the week and close out the show, 
I'm going to give you picks. Five picks with the spread. It's a segment we call Picks Picks. Back to some baseball. I've been doing some NBA, and I've been killing it for you lately with the NBA picks. But uh, we need to, we don't have NBA anymore. We don't have any NHL. We don't have any football right now. So we're going to go with baseball. And for baseball picks, oh yeah, hit the music. Yep. That's right. MLB on Fox. That's the theme. That's the song we love to hear. I don't know why Fox went to the NFL on Fox theme for baseball games lately, but they should go back to this one because this is the best baseball song that is out there. I have five games for you right now. I will begin with the Chicago Cubs. Cubs have lost four straight. They are in Miami. Hendricks on the mound. Got an ERA sub three. Cubs bust out of this. They're too good to continue to lose, especially to lose to the Marlins. Um... Chicago breaks out of this, and they break out of it, I think, in a big way. I'm going to take the Cubs tonight in Miami to snap the four-game losing skid with Hendricks on the mound. Chicago, minus one and a half. Now, all the baseball spreads, as you know, are plus one and a half, minus one and a half. And I know I always say with the spread, so i got to stick to that logic. Uh, So I'll do it. Cubs, minus one and a half. Then I go with the New York Mets. The Mets, offensive issues, as you know, Mats is on the mound, Steven Mats. The Mets are a favorite in Atlanta, uh, as they probably should be. And I just think the Mets are going to go in, into Atlanta and win this one with Mats on the mound. I'll take New York at minus one and a half. Then I'm going to go with the Red Sox. David Price on the mound tonight against Martinez. The Red Sox are favorites. One and a half point favorite. David Price has been on a very solid stretch. He's coming off arguably his best start of the season in his last outing. And I think David Price goes into Texas. And I think he puts up another big game. And I think the Red Sox keep it rolling from what they had in their win over the White Sox yesterday. I'll take the Red Sox minus one and a half. Then I'm going to take the Washington Nationals. Max Scherzer is a strikeout machine. Nats are one and a half point favorites. They're in Milwaukee. Milwaukee, what? I think I read a stat. They strike out against righties more than anyone in the league? Or read it this way. They're not too good at it. <laughs> I will take serves at any day of the week in this matchup, even on the road, even in Milwaukee. The Nationals, minus one and a half. And finally, it pains me to always take this team, but I'll take the Yankees. I'll take Tanaka. They're a one and a half point favorite at home against the Twins team that is no good. Tommy Malone on the mound for the Twins. Uh, He's a breaking ball pitcher. He does not throw heat at all, not even close. Twins are an awful team. The Yankees, I just think Tanaka on the mound at home, they'll be able to beat a team like the Twins that's no good and continue winning. The Yankees, I'm gonna take them as a one and a half point favorite. So I get five favorites, four road favorites for you. Cubs, Mets, Red Sox, Nationals, and then one home favorite in the Yankees. So those are my picks to close out the show and close out the week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Again, I'm on WEI tomorrow on Saturday from 3 to 6, and I'm back here in the Beantown Athletic Studio on Monday, five days a week. Get this show whenever you want. DannyPicard.com. Also subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, anywhere podcasts are available. Also in the Google Play Music Store. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on Facebook. Follow me on Instagram. All forms of social media. I am out. Talk to you soon.